TTB Music Podcast. Countdown being there before. Oh, that's very wizzy. I guess he counted down to the start. Hello, listeners. <laughs> this is, this is like <laughs> a pre-podcast podcast. <laughs> again. Hey, the recording software we use has now added some functionality. It's like, ooh, didn't see that before. Nice. Still, 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 still grappling with the technology. One year later, <laughs> and also, frankly, it's as you know, it's just like anything vaguely new that's in your life. Regardless of how trivial, it's like, oh, that's fascinating. Yeah, yeah. And tell me about. I got a new. Um, I got a new iPhone this week. It, it's been the highlight of my month. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is it the twelve or the eleven or the... No, it's, the, it's, it's the twelve. Um, I know we're not strictly reviewing the iPhones here, but um, I, I'm still to be convinced. <laughs> yeah, my work phone is an eleven, and it's very nice. It's very shiny. Yeah. But... It's got a good camera. Uh, yeah. I wouldn't want to swap it for my crappy Android phone. Mm. That's my main Indeed. thing. But there you go. Oh, this is what I mean. It's a talking point, right? Yeah. <laughs> Other phones are available. Yeah. Oh, when will this end? <laughs> well, the podcast, about 30 minutes. I uh, know. <laughs> yeah, that as well. Hey. <laughs> oh. Right. Yeah, one of these days we'll get to do it, do it back in the same room together. Oh, do gosh. Oh, well. Right, um, anyway. This is podcast two of 2021. Woo-hoo. Excellent. Woo! Uh, the six albums for your delectation, our delectation this month, are The Whole Steady Open Door Policy, The Weather Station Ignorance, Black Country New Road for the First Time, Tribulation Where the Gloom Becomes Sound, Goat Girl on All Fours, and Mogwai As the Love Continues. So we start Good. with uh, our old mates, the whole steady, and what? Oh, uh, um, I th- yeah. I think it's the ninth album, right? Eighth album? Okay. Album? I'm trying to remember now, actually. I probably should look it up. Sounds about right. Yeah. Eighth or ninth album, one of those two. You know. uh, open door policy, uh, recorded uh, apparently back in tail end of 2019. Um, so not long after the previous album uh, was recorded. Yeah. Um, but unlike the previous album, which was sort of ended up being a collection of the singles they'd released off and on by recording bits and pieces in between That's true. things. This, I think, was recorded very much as an album and as a collection of songs to be an album as opposed to here's some stuff we just recorded. Anyway, enough of me, Pete. On to the horse studios. <laughs> yes, on to their eighth album, I think. Depends if you count one of the others. Um... <laughs> As with any I'd countdown, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so this is the whole study open door policy, and I'm surprised actually you mentioned there it was recorded in late 2019 because 
and I'll come to it in a moment, of course, um, this feels very current. Um, as, as with all the whole set, they are on favourite. You know, it starts, even even the, the first track of the album starts in almost a very quiet way. Uh, and, and the sense of momentum builds from there. Um, I, I got from this a real pre-COVID days sense of nostalgia for all the usual things the Hold Steady sing so well about, hangovers, nights out, parties, good relationships, bad relationships. Um, but I felt this time around the band was almost taking a side a sidestep or step sideways yeah. um, and was looking at their, their sort of musical direction slightly differently. Um, and, and whilst the vocally very much, you know, the, the, the usual service, which is great, um, I just felt there was more of a, a retrospective feel to it, more of a cathartic sort of release to some of the, to the vocals and the songs and so on. I mean, in an all, all framed in a positive way. Yes. Staying, staying positive. Um, and, and I, that's why I'm surprised about when it was recorded. Cause actually, um, I, I thought this it's got, it's just got a 2020 feel to it. It felt, felt like a lockdown album. Uh, it's ideal for a lockdown, yeah. this album, actually. It's great. I've, I've loved it. I've loved listening to this. Yeah. Yeah, um, I, got, I got a similar feeling to it, as we said, of the, of the kind of, the, you, you could quite easily, I, mean, I think because of the, as you say, because of the, um, the themes of the record, they're all themes that, and issues that were sort of compounded by what's happened in the last 12 months, so. Exactly. And there's even a couple of tracks where he he sings, obviously from the character point of view, sings about going home and going back to one's roots and finding yourself back in a place you never thought you'd be. And it's that sort of sense of homecoming, hmm. a kind of an enforced homecoming, if you will, <laughs> <laughs> that, that just really resonated. Um, no, as I say, I really, really, I love this album. It's great. I think, I think for me, this is, um, um, oh, this is their best for me for a while. Um, I'm not even going to list the tracks I like. I'll, I'll let you sort of dive in there because because I mean, there's one or two that I've pulled out, but but I've, I really enjoyed it end to end. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. I think I think this definitely feels uh, like a. In fact, I think I think I did read something uh, Christmas New Year time um, from. Uh, from Craig saying that this album was, or what they were trying to do on this album was make something that was more musically expansive than what they'd done before. Um, yeah, and I think that started probably with the, with the previous album with the introduction, intro, introduction, with the introduction of the the horn steady, as it were, yes. bringing in the kind of yeah, the kind of horn aspect to it, um, which I think does come out on. A number of the songs on this album, particularly um, think tracks like Family Farm, Prior Procedure, and especially for me on, uh, I think it's Hanover Camera, where the horns are pretty much driving the riff of the, the song, particularly towards the end, the end of it. And it's, that's, you know, the horns are the riff rather than the, the guitar or piano being the riff. I think it also seemed to be an album to me that where it felt like uh, France's uh, 
piano and keys were getting more room on this record uh, than they had on any whole steady album for quite a while as well. Um, yeah. I think possibly because I think he was contributing more to the songs themselves, but also I think it was more noticeable that the piano and keys were definitely more in the mix. Um, and it's, you know, as you, as you said, it's also, it's also classic whole steady. It's that kind of mixture. They've always had a mixture between kind of anthemic sing-along songs and the more kind of chorus-free, free-form storytelling. And I think yeah. this album probably leans more towards the latter than the former. Although there are a couple of bits of the, the former in here as well. I mean, Family Farm has a, you know, yes. crowd sing-along yes. bit. Yes. Um, and yeah, I, I generally also should put out the drumming. That's what I meant to mention drumming. I meant to mention drumming as well. What I really like as well is whilst there's quite a lot of seemingly gentle songs um, arrangement wise on the on the record, Bobby Drake's drumming is almost kind of you know Dave Grohl metal esque, on, particularly on Family Farm and Prior Procedure. It's just yeah. like bang, 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 bang. It's yeah, it's a nice uh, juxtaposition to how the rest of the uh, tracks are panning out. But yeah, I agree. Overall, good record. Really good record. Really good record. Exactly. And sounded good live, Pete, even if it was ah, over, over remote control, as they say. Over, over Tinternet. Yeah. No, it, I, you know, and, and it, I felt listening to it, it had that, that, I, that sense. I thought, oh, this would have sounded good recorded in a bar somewhere and, <laughs> and circulated live across the internet. <laughs> <laughs> It's a shame, but uh, no, it's, it's good to hear. You enjoyed your live experience then? Yes. yes. Good. Also, it happened to be my first day back drinking again of 2021. So, yeah, that was doubly good. Oh, wow. That's a double, <laughs> double whammy. <laughs> yeah. Moving on to the next album. Our next album is The Weather Station Ignorance. And... Uh, Keeping up the positive vibes for me. Uh, this album uh, was a pleasant surprise, although I'm not sure why I'm saying that because I didn't really have any preconception, particularly about what it was going to sound like, but I was still pleasantly surprised. Uh, Weather Station are a Canadian folk music band uh, fronted by Tamara Lindemann, and they've existed since 26, 2006, uh, and this is their fifth record. And... I was grabbed by this record from pretty much the opening bars of the opening track, Robber, with its kind of yeah. jazzy folk pop, immediately reminding me of Paula Cole, um, who's probably still best known for A, providing the theme song for Dawson's Creek and her big hit, Wherever All the Cowboys Gone, back in the 90s. But also a bit of a, a bit, bit of, because of the jazzy folk pop bit, also a bit of Bowie there as well. Um, yeah. So that kind of kicked off, and I was going, oh, I quite like the kind of vibe of this. And it's a vibe that kind of continues into the next track, Atlantic, but with more the drum and bass line making it more bizarrely sounding, a bit like uh, Haim Haim, whose name I always get wrong, doing the latest, doing kind of 70s, 80s English folk rock kind of Steel Eye Span Fleetwood Mac kind of thing. I thought this set the whole scene for the record, record because the end from that point onwards, you've sort of got this blend of foot tapping 
poppy percussion with the kind of folk influenced vocal delivery going on. So the whole thing reminded me of a slightly more folky Paula Cole, Jane Sibbery, uh, even kind of, I suppose, uh, 80s period Joni Mitchell at times. And I just yeah. loved the way the kind of colour and texture are kind of added to the tracks, and particularly tracks that are either very simple, simple and sparse or 80s pop percussive arrangements. And just with a little introduction of a bit of flute and sax and strings and stuff, it just seems to, it just seemed to kind of lift the whole thing. Um, and yeah, it's just I really really liked it. I thought it was a really good mix of. I mean, you've definitely got the whole folky thing there, but it's folky as with great pop tunes also worked into it so songs like uh try to tell you and loss and um also subdivisions which is the track that closes the album which is one of my favorite tracks on the album just really 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 strong tunes um so anyway in case you're not guessed already like this very much um it was a definite pleasant surprise of, of a band uh that i hadn't heard of that put it on 40 minutes went by i thought oh that's good i'll play that again and i did immediately played it again so it's a thumbs up from hither green wow what was the orpington ju jury's verdict um well i mean i think it's fair to say i'm perhaps not quite as enthusiastic as yourself but but really appreciated the um uh, the sort of maturity of, of this and, and I think I'm going to say mature more than once in this podcast I think and I'm also going to say reflective jazz <laughs> infusion <laughs> as well um, as we go forward Ooh, I wonder, um, wonder where you're going to mention that again yeah it's going to come up again um, it's fair to say also say I preferred I, I did prefer the more upbeat numbers as well um, I found, you know, I thought the um, the sort of the folk rock, um, the occasional country folky twang, and and then once or twice beyond the sax, there was the uh, there was the odd disco beat as well, which was which was which was fun. Um, yeah, that, that, it's a really interesting mix of of, of styles and quite a, it, it it rewarded on repeated listening. I have to admit, first time I listened to it all the way through, kind of washed over me a little, and I found it hard to sort of bite onto, but. But again, repeated listings really, really sort of started to appreciate it more. Um, I also liked Robber, the opening track. I think that's brilliant. Um, and Heart was another track that I, I, I enjoyed too. Yes, another one of the good poppy tunes. Yes. Okay, speaking of colour and texture added to song arrangements, um, yeah. let's go on to Black Country, New Roads. For the first time, and it is for the first time because this is their debut album, Pete. Yeah. So uh, this was an interesting um, album. Um, again, a fusion of jazz and acid jazz. <laughs> with, with yes, indie. yes. Please try and categorise this record. I can't. I can't categorise this at all. Um, it, it, it also it also had that style of. It wasn't quite spoken word, but it was almost spoken word in places in terms of that style of sort yeah. of storytelling and singing and vocals. Um, I have to admit there were times when the sort of monotone of the singer, I kind of, I kind of, again, sort of drowned out a bit. 
Um, so I, I, I struggle. I did struggle midway through this record with with some of that, and uh, and um, I thought, oh dear, this is um, yeah. It didn't. I didn't sort of get it. If you know what I mean, I'm kind of yes. Okay, I, I get it, but I don't get it. Um, this just sounds to me like a bit of a moan. Um, but then there were other times when I particularly liked, you know, the track Athens, France, and uh, and sunglasses in particular, which is sort of midway through the record. I really enjoyed that. Um, so again, not quite, didn't quite, I didn't quite get this. Um, and it's just a shame because I'm, I'm sure there's something in here for everyone. <laughs> I think there is something in here for everyone, quite literally. Um, yeah, yes. Um, Indeed. I what I I mean I agree I agree with you on the spoken word front and also on the singer who I should have looked at his name for this. Um his vocal styling, uh which is is like a spoken word version of Nick Cave or or as he mentions in one in I think in Sunglasses, uh I'm a modern Scott Walker and it yeah. has that <laughs> yeah. also Scott Walker, I think, but in a more annoying mm. tone of voice. Um, so it's good that, uh, similar to another band that we we're reviewing in the podcast a bit later, that most of their music is, or at least half the music is, kind of instrumental. Um, and it kind of, the scene is set almost by the opening track called Instrumental, with its kind of mad... <laughs> It's. I was. I was listening to it, thinking it's like um, have an Aguila, have an Aguila, yeah, it's like a, that. it's like a mad rock jazz version of that. <laughs> oh god! So basically, I'm. I'm already saying to listeners there, if that appeals to you, this album might appeal to you. Um, after that, it, it, it's inventive. It's varied. Slightly bonkers. Um. Obviously, a deep sense, sense, a deep hello, Spencer, a deep sense of humour, um, <laughs> particularly on songs like sunglasses. I mean, I just love some of the lines in that. Like, there's a great line with "Mother is juicing watermelons on the breakfast island." Um, it's just, yeah, it's as bizarre as it's as bizarre as a song that seems to uh, essentially blend early swimming pool cues, Sonic Youth, Nick Cave. Kamazi Washington, Frank Zappa, Kim Crimson, Scott Walker, David Bowie, and many more. All oh yeah, no, that's, no doubt. All into one nine-minute track. Yeah, there is <laughs> exactly there is there's quite a heritage <laughs> referred to throughout. Yeah, it's like um, who's, who's, your, who's your emphasis? It's, it's like uh, okay, round the band. Who's your emphasis? Yeah, we'll get that in the trust track. Yeah, yeah, we'll give you a bit. Yeah, yep. yeah, we'll get that in. Yeah, get that. Yep, tick. Yep. yep. <laughs> And it works on sunglasses, it has to be said. What I did like yes. um, and what I thought did would will work better for them going forward is just after sunglasses, the track, second last track on the album is Track X, mm. which sounds like a slightly more jazzy version of The National. Um, but there's some female vocals on that, and it's amazing how much of a yes. difference and that juxtaposition of, of the vo- voices ma- makes that makes it less harsh and because the music's already harsh. So you actually yes. need something that's yes. Slightly less to make it yeah. totally engaging for me. At least. That's um, so I, I did like this album a lot, but 
it's it's likable because of the bonkersness of it more than because it hangs together as well as it perhaps should do and perhaps future albums will do that's fair that's completely fair comment but yeah it's it's you know I actually listened to that straight, genuinely listened to that one straight after listening to the weather station. The weather station. So it was, it was a great. It was both something that flowed because they were both using jazz influences, and also didn't flow because of how bonkers this album is. Turning the guitars up to eleven, uh, we now move on to tribulation, where the gloom becomes sound. Uh, a Swedish uh, metal band, uh, a fifth album. And it's been a while since we've done any growling metal, uh, a genre yes. that we've perhaps surprisingly taken to our collective bosom over the last few years on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. uh, um, and, uh, you know, who'd have thought? Speaking of Swedes, we did promise to review a certain Swedes album as well on the podcast. So we need to, oh, that did we now? We need to make a point of doing that next podcast. Excellent. Um, Look forward to that. Anyway, speaking, this is, like I said, I've lined up saying this is a growling album. And it is, but it kind of isn't because it, it, whilst it is a growling album, it has to be said this is a slightly lower, more tuneful growling than we've perhaps become accustomed to on the podcast, with uh, Johannes Anderson more in line with a slightly more growly Sisters of Percy's Andrew Eldridge than the Nergal from our old friends Behemoth. Oh, yes. Um, Even in the news this week as well. I did see that, yeah. Yeah. And in fact... All in all, this is actually quite a tuneful record. It's it's kind of uh, I've found it mostly kind of straight ahead kind of classic metal. So more your kind of at least musically influences seem to be very much from your uh, early period Iron Maiden, Judas Priest style, with a bit of dual action guitar playing going on, a bit of early solo Aussie, and then throw in a big chunk of uh, the Sisters of Mercy and the Mission. Um, and actually, again, it's very boring, because I seem to be liking all the albums this month, but um, I did actually quite like this, actually. It was quite fun. So The Hour of the Wolf, Funeral Pyre, uh, and Lev, or Leve, uh, which I think is the compulsory uh, classical music piece that this genre has to include, because um, I believe it has been on pretty much every growly record we've ever, we've ever done on this podcast there's been a classical bit thrown in this is a really lovely kind of two minute piano bass waltz very very nice and essentially how can you not like a band who has a song called dirge of the dying soul <laughs> that's what i'm saying you know yeah so yeah um again a band that i wasn't 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 familiar with uh Low on the growlometer, and like I said, uh, actually quite an enjoyable record. Yeah, um, I mean, before we get to uh, next month's um, uh, other Swede that we know and the uh, the career return of ABBA, um, I think it's um, it, it is it's it's modern it's modern rock with with growl. Actually, I thought very. Much more musical. Agree with you completely there. Much more musical than some of the classic metal growl that, that we've we've listened to in recent years. And no, you mentioned No Girl. He wasn't the news this week. I think he's 
going against the Polish government on, on something. Um, and, you know, it's not unaudible in terms of accompaniment to, to the record. And in fact, the rock is, is almost in places it's very metal, obviously. Um, in other places, it's, it's more in line with sort of Queens of the Stone Age music, even Foo Fighters. It's kind of toned back. It's more, you know, classic rock rather than full on metal. Um, yes, which I think is, which makes it much more, well, it makes it quite, you know, much more enjoyable listen for sure. And then it does this brilliant thing in the middle of the record. There's a, there's a, there's an instrumental played on a piano, which suddenly took me back to not even Depeche Mode. It's Alan Wilder sort of, <laughs> sort of late eighties noodling, um, so I, I found that really sort of took me out for a moment. I was like, oh, that's actually quite good, this. I'm quite enjoying it. <laughs> and then and then obviously the growl returns, and, and that's fine because actually you really appreciate the musicality behind behind all of it. Um, so, yeah, I really enjoyed this record as well. <laughs> we, we are yet to come across a growl record where I think we come away going, what the hell was that? <laughs> Yeah, it's been a while since we did, it's been a while since we really hated the metal. I think the last time we hated any kind of metal album that there was also growly, I think was probably Cannibal Corpse, and that was quite a, that was oh, that, yes. must been, that must have been quite a while ago now. Then. It's quite extreme though, I seem to recall that one. Yeah, it was <laughs> special. Um it almost oh. you know, it almost made some of the other favourite albums sound good, but it was yeah. I, I I I love the title. I mean when when the gloom becomes sound, it just perfectly encapsulates encapsulates what your what you're going in for? Yeah, and also, yeah, a perfect kind of lockdown title for it. <laughs> exactly. This next one could also be a perfect title for lockdown. Who knows? Depends how you've been spending your lockdown, I suppose. So, Goat Girl on all fours. Uh, I, should say, I should say this oh. is a band from Lewisham and the surrounding areas, no less. Yeah. So we have to be kind now because there is a very faint chance that they might perchance come across us <laughs> yeah i doubt it i doubt it too. anyway so go <laughs> i think uh, second album yes yeah um i really enjoy this and i'm not just saying that because <laughs> you've just told me where they live um and uh, it's a really great album this um again i'm going to say mature pop <laughs> sorry um it's, it's it's fast becoming my latest genre um rock <laughs> chic um occasional synthesizers um a real interesting and i'm going to say again fusion sorry of um different styles of pop as well um quite so almost, almost european pop music in, in places it was it sort of really sort of reminded me of yeah, some of the sort of more continental sort of music or pop music um and some of it slow some of it kooky um in particular uh, i think it was sad cowboy where it, all of a sudden it goes full on um electronic dance music which uh came out of nowhere but yet worked brilliantly um yeah, i think that's possibly the best track on the album for me yeah a really really good great track um but some other tracks on here like p pt the uh, brilliantly named ptst um and anxiety feels as well. Uh, I re- this was again 
I say solid too often, but solid in a real great sense of the word. Um, I actually really enjoyed this record. I think it's probably coming out without spoiling the end of the podcast. It's coming out near the top for me, this one. Ooh, interesting. Um, this is the one where I, I didn't like it as much as you, so it might turn to go there. So I, I, for me, oh, there you me, go. Classic Scott and Pete. Yeah. <laughs> So I'll get I'll get my I'll get I'll get my summary bit over now and then goes but but for me this is I suppose because uh, I did listen to a couple of, I did listen to their first album when it came out as well well um, I feel there's a lot of potential and promise with this band um, but at least for me at the moment they're still just missing something I don't know what it is that final piece that will sort of turn them from quite interesting and have potential into the real deal. Um, and that missing piece might just be uh, more time to grow and develop you know, a young band, mm. just just time to develop the sound and, and, and songwriting. And obviously, as we know, because in the music industry, sadly, a lot of bands don't really get the time to do that anymore, which is a, uh, a real shame. Um, but this is not to say that it's this is still not uh, an enjoyable record. Uh, as you say, it, it's it's an interesting mix of trying to take influences from kind of shoegaze and jangly indie, and then meld it with uh, modern pop sensibilities without being, you know. Dua Lipa kind of thing. It's not, it's not, it's not going to like pop, pop. Yes. Um, so there's, it's trying to do something within the kind of indie pop format that stands out from everybody else is doing the kind of thing. As you say, it starts off great. Pest, I think, which kicks off the album, is really, 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 really great. You mentioned uh, Sad Cowboy. Um, I think for me the two best tracks are next to each other. So Sad Cowboy is then followed by the track called The Crack, which is a one of yeah. the tracks on the album, which are yeah. really, really like. It's pretty, pretty much bang smack in the middle of the album. Um, really, really good. And lyrically, one of my favourite moments uh, lyrically on the entire podcast is on the track that I think's towards the end, Where Do We Go From Here? Where there's the line... I'm sure it stinks under his skin where pores secrete all the hate from within. Mm -hmm. yeah. Nice upbeat stuff. But um, really, really liked that. And there's some actually really good uh, insightful writing on the on the rec record along those lines too about what it's like to be a woman in modern society, which obviously has been in the news for various reasons over the uh, last week. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, while slightly less enthused, I am equally hopeful, and I think this is a band that has a lot of potential to go, go and grow. So I'm looking forward. I'm already looking forward to what they do next, and also looking forward, perhaps, who knows, back in the days, back in the days, back when we can start going gigging again. <laughs> Yeah. Maybe popping along to see them live at a at a local venue. 
that would be that would just be awesome <laughs> obviously for so many reasons <laughs> but the, yeah. seeing this band as well <laughs> being one of them so we finish up uh with mogwai as the love continues um after 25 years together uh their 10th album uh Surprised them and a lot of other people going straight into number one on the official UK. I, I heard this, yes. Yeah. Um, their first number one, obviously. Um, also, well, 25 years, here's, here's a band that did have time to grow. <laughs> indeed. Uh, also done well, uh, I think, went reasonably debut quite well on the US charts as well. Wow. I've had a bit of a love hate relationship with this band over the years. Um, but I've always quite liked it any time they go kind of form my bloody Valentine, which they do <laughs> a couple of times on this album, including yeah. very early on in the opener to the Bin My Friend Tonight We Vacate. Um, like all their previous records, this is a predominantly instrumental record. Um, and this feels like an album to me where they seem to be, you know, in full stride. Everything is gallus, to use a Scottish word. It's, you know, it's this... For an hour, you're lost in a kind of brilliant indie rock soundscape that can take control of your listening enjoyment. Could it have been a 45-minute soundscape? Almost mm-hmm. certainly, but it's mm-hmm. not. But, um, really, really like really, really like this album because I do like instrumental rock. Um, obviously, they've done lots of soundtrack work as well, including with Mr. Reznor and Atlas yeah. Ross, who crops up on this album, in fact, because he was responsible for the string arrangement on Midnight Fit, yeah. uh, which, incidentally, is a very soundtrack-type piece. Um, it towards is. the end of the album. Yeah, so that that and I think it's Pat Staines that comes after it, which is also a very very much a film soundtrack-type um, piece of music. In fact, on that particular song, um, uh, there's uh, sax work by a guy called Colin... Stetson, who's worked with Arcade Fire and Bonivere. And one of the things I don't like about this record uh, is that particular trap because <laughs> his sax playing is just totally, totally swamped in the mix on that uh, track um, because the guitars are my bloody Valentine-esque turned up to a 11, which I love. Let's be clear about that. Um, but the sax work is is just so kind of lost and kind of drowned out by that. I'd love someone to do a remix of that particular track where his sax work is kind of up front in the mix, particularly, I suppose, because of this podcast, we've had um, several albums where the sax work is quite up. So on uh, the Black Country New Roads album and uh, the Weather Station record, the sax, and you can hear the sax. You can hear every note of the sax. Apart from that moan, um, <laughs> album starts off great. Uh, love, love, like I said, love the opening track. Love the next track, Hit, Here We, Here We, Here We Go Forever, which has a great use of kind of distorted vocoder. Um, yeah. So vocals without having vocals. Yeah, yeah there's tracks like Dry Fantasy, which kind of just reminds me of, um, reminds me a bit of Blank Mass, who we've, reviewed previously but also had a vibe of almost like if new order were asked to do the merry christmas mr lawrence soundtrack that kind of really kind of bizarre thing and then obviously you get some singing you know you get to richie sacramento and you get our first proper vocals of the album 
with a track that's somewhere between My Bloody Valentine and The Smashing Pumpkins. And it's just great. It's just, you know, it's a track that I just want to turn up to 11 in front, in fact. Um, so, yeah, really, really enjoyable. I, th- I think this is uh, one of the one of the ones that brings me back to love rather than hating my love-hate relationship with the band. Yes, it could have been shorter, uh, probably should have been shorter, but I will forgive them for that because it's 2021 and I'm feeling like that. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> I, I enjoyed it too. Um, no, it, it, it's interesting. You sort of make, you make the connection with um, some of the other soundtracks we've listened to lately. Um, it does have a real soundtrack feel to it, this particular album, um, you know, with those very broad reaching electronic soundscapes with, you know, occasional loud guitars and even rarer um, vocals. Um, it, I, I, I enjoyed, particularly enjoyed Here We, Here We, Here We Go. Um, uh, and Richie Sacramento, obviously. Um, Fuck Off Money reminded me of, of Air. Do you remember them? Air? Yes. Yeah. Sort of late 90s. Kind of sort of around Mogwai Piers for a while, I guess, in terms of electronic, late 90s yes, sort of electronica. Um and um, and ceiling granny, which of course is bloody Valentine, loud, um, which is which I, I did I did like. Um, it, interesting, you mentioned um, blank mass because I think there's a blank mass connection. I think I read somewhere that that one of the samples is is him on this on this record. I'll have uh, to go and Google that, but yeah, apparently it, he 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 donated a sample to a vocal to this somewhere in the mix. Um, so there you go. There you go. Um, so yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I like this on repeated listen. It rewards as well. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, no, it was, for me, it was good to have on in the background whilst I was yeah, Exactly. Doing, if I, I, I agree with you, the very first line though, you said, if a little bit long. Yeah. I mean, by necessity, you can imagine because obviously if you saw these things being performed live, you would, yeah, you'd, yeah. They would go on forever, like is of the way of the, the thing. But yeah, it was one of those things where my, my, my one, yeah, complaint, if you like. And I suppose it's part partly because as well this this podcast. Uh, I think this and Tribulation album were probably the two longest longest records. Everything else seemed to be quite short. Yeah. Or seem to be old-fashioned album length. Exactly. <laughs> Just say. Um, and but yeah. speaking about everything else. Yes. Uh, so, yeah. Overall, good. I yeah. need to find some albums that are, that's, that's are going to be crap to review, because that's, you know, far too positive about <laughs> all those yeah. records. Yeah. He's got to listen to a podcast where people just going to go, these albums are really good. They're all really it's good. far too positive. It's far too positive, but you yeah. know, when's Drake releasing an album? If we're we're in a <laughs> we're in a we're in a we're in a strange enough situation as it is, let's let's not pile on the misery. <laughs> <laughs> we we'll just stay positive. Yes, exactly. So, so where do you land? Album you... Of the yeah. Where do I land? Uh, I I probably oh, I probably just just about land with the whole steady uh, with weather station 
as runner-up for me. Yes, um, I mean, I agree with you. Top choice there with um, the Hold Steady. I uh, really enjoyed that album. Uh, it's hard, really, to sort of step back and perhaps be a bit more objective. Um, but if I was to do that, then um, probably Go Girl. Go Lucian. Yeah. yeah. And I support local. <laughs> Indeed. And on that note, see you again next time.